have never heard what I'm getting ready to say, but here is what I need for you to always understand about the service. When the word of God is preached and we say, okay, the word of God has been preached. All of us, our responsibility is to respond to the preaching of the word. At the end of every service, if you don't respond to the preaching of the word, then you wasted your time. It just means you gathered some information and left with it. That's what it really means. You gathered some information, but what good is information if it's not utilized? It's just information. And so every time, whether it's here in this church or any place else, the reason for God's word being spoken is so we can respond. Uh-huh. It's so we can respond. So you never want to come into the house of God, the word is preached, and you don't respond. You want to respond because you want to be able to incorporate that message, that word that you just heard. You want to incorporate it in your life. Why? Why would God speak something to you for you to just hear it and that's it? God is not like us where he would just say something just to say it. He don't have to impress anybody of his knowledge. So he's not going to speak things just to say, I'm just saying. He just don't just say he say it for a purpose that will benefit us. And so the word of God is coming to us today, and I pray that you will respond to the word of God. Romans chapter 8, verse number 15. Then after that, we will go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I feel the prompting of the Holy Ghost. Help me, Jesus. Romans 8, verse 15 says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I'm impressed. Some people still using their physical Bible. Very impressed with that. For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Jesus, will you keep me in the flow of your spirit? Will you, Lord God, allow me to be your conduit? Lord, I want nothing to do with any kind of hindrance of the word flowing through me but lord use me as you will i pray that the power of the spirit will overshadow me and that lord god my mouth will utter as you command and that i will speak as your oracle and your echo i pray this morning that you will touch the heart and the hearing of the people of god this morning that they will receive and understand and Lord God, be able to apply your word because, Lord, you have called us to this place for such a time as this, to hear your word and to incorporate your word in our life. Lord Jesus, we thank you. 
We give you honor even now. We praise you even now because you are our God. We know you are the omniscient God. We know you're the omnipotent God, the omnipresent God. And Lord, we're in awe of you and we adore you and we honor you. And Lord Jesus, we give you the praise for you are our King, our God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one which is, which was, which is to come, the only wise God, the only true and living God. For Lord, everything else that is named God is an idol, but you, Almighty God, the great transcendent God that became a man visible so we could know you, that is who we pray to, the omniscient one that knows everything, the omnipotent one that is all powerful, the all present one that is here everywhere always it is you that we pray to we know who you are Lord God we were baptized in your name we all God receive the spirit of the Holy Ghost in your name will you have your way in this place today I ask almighty God we're just asking we can't tell you what to do but we certainly can ask that your power will move throughout this place and that whosoever will submit whosoever will call on your name whosoever Lord God God will abide in you that they will experience the power of God like they've never experienced and their life will never be the same and the strongholds will let them free. Oh God, have your way today, we pray and we ask you these things in a powerful and matchless and only wise name of Jesus Christ. Can everyone say amen? Clap your hands unto the Lord. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Clap your hands unto the Lord. You're not clapping unto me. You're not clapping on the man. You're clapping your hands to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who loves you like no one else does. Clap your hands unto him. In the name of Jesus. Something is happening. Something is happening. I can't tell you what it is because I'm not God, but I know something is happening. You may be seated. I want to talk to you on this topic today. Fear not. Fear not. This is a word from God this morning because I believe if God is telling us something, it means that we are struggling with fears. If God says fear not, he knows that you're fearful. He's not going to tell you to fear not if you're not fearful. And whether you want to admit today or never admit, but I implore you to admit if there's fear that has had a hold of you, that you will admit to it today and deal with it today. Don't you leave this place today being fearful. Don't you leave this place allowing fear to have a hold of you anymore because you don't have to be fearful. The motivation of fear. Do you know that there's such a thing as motivation of fear trying to get you to do things through fear. Fear is the most powerful motivation of personal change. 
But the change remains only as long as the fear does. So as long as fear is present, your behavior will be changed. But when fear is no longer present, you'll see what happens. We are all very familiar with fear and how it can cause anyone to fall in line or else. We invoke fear as parents when we want to get our kids to do or to stop doing something immediately. We invoke it in employees or peers for similar reasons by using threats. And we produce it in partners, especially when threatening to leave or withhold something from them. Law enforcement in our society is based on threats of punishment and fear, as is discipline in schools. And almost always we get the results we want, at least in the short run. So what's the problem? The problem is that fear is always in response Listen to me, to external threats of punishment, and as soon as the threat disappears, so does the fear. And we tend to return to the ways we were before the fear was produced. This is elementary human behavior, as well as all animal behavior. We always return to the most powerfully learned habits of behavior when in a neutral situation, meaning when fear is no longer present, we always go back to our powerfully learned habits and behaviors. Although many of our social systems try to make changes in the behaviors of people by Interventions with threats and fear and then teaching them more acceptable ways of acting. Those lessons do not stick as long as fear remains the primary motivator because the individuals put all their energies into learning how to play the game rather than accepting and internalizing the new information. What we essentially try to do is get people to behave the way we want them to by controlling them with fear. So fear is a method to control your behavior. The acronym... For fear, F-E-A-R, is false evidence appearing real. Fear, false evidence appearing real. In other words, fear is not really real. But if the devil or somebody else can get you to buy into a fearful situation, now they have you controlled. Fear exists so you can be controlled 
by it. Your behavior to be controlled by it. I don't know what you're fearful of today. I don't know what kind of fear you're dealing with in your life. But God has brought you to this place today to tell you, fear not. Don't you let fear control you. Don't you let fear stop you from being who God called you to be. God wants you to know today, I don't care what the circumstance. I don't care what you're battling with. I don't care what's before you. I don't care what you think can destroy you. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is all powerful, sent me by here to tell you, fear not. We can't let fear control our behavior. Fear is a feeling. Already that's a problem. Fear is a feeling induced by perceived danger or threat that occurs in certain types of organisms, people, or animals, which causes a change in metabolic and organ functions and ultimately a change in behavior. We have some scientists among us, they understood that if you didn't get that. But that's what happens when fear begins to creep in. Things begin to happen to you within your, 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 your system of your body. Things begin to happen. Such because those things start happening cause you to flee or cause you to hide or cause you to freeze up because fear has attacked you and is getting the best of you. You're frozen. Uh, you're stuck in your situation. Uh, you're controlled in your situation or you're running from what's good for you or you're hiding from God I'm here to tell you today fear not fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger evil pain etc whether the threat is real or imagined the feeling or condition of being afraid. So fear is an emotion. Fear is a feeling. We read in the scripture where it says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear. So why are we fearful if God did not give us a spirit of fear? And if such, why are we fearful? Where did fear come from? Mm -hmm. We read earlier that fear is an external, not internal external threat of punishment so fear comes externally from the outside fear didn't start within you because god did not create you that way he did not design you that way so when fear begins to take place in your life it's by an external source Romans 8.15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So here's where I'm going. Fear derives 
from bondage. Now, when you look at the meaning bondage in where it's listed, it says slavery. Then you go a little deeper and it's going to reveal to you sin. S-I-N. So fear is an external source. Doesn't come from within you. And fear is caused or derived because you put yourself in a sinful situation. Only when you are in a place of sin or you allow sin to work in your life is when fear can get the best of you. Because when you have sin in your life, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what to believe. You don't know what will happen. You're unstable. You're uncomfortable. And you're worried because you know, I don't have the power to do anything about this. So sin causes fear To get a hold of you. I'm going somewhere. If you don't believe that, I'll give you some more evidence. Humans only became fearful after we sinned against God. It's sin that has us in constant fear. Once we are in sin, fear becomes our puppet master. Once you allow sin to work in your life and you don't do something about it, fear becomes the puppet master, the one that's pulling the strings in your life. And so you're just doing all kind of sinful things and fear is just controlling you. Somebody in here today, hear what the Lord is saying to your heart. Oh, because of sin, you're dealing with fear and God wants to help you today to be delivered from fear and wants you to be out of your sin. That's what God wants for your life. Fear tells you all kind of things. When fear is in your life, you you start to hear all kind of things, whether it's the devil that's telling it to you or whether it's your corrupt mind that that is controlled by fear and that sin is all waddling, and your mind starts telling you stuff like this. If you give your life to Christ, and obey the plan of salvation to be born again, you won't be able to live right. You know how many people come to church many Sundays and hear the truth preach, and they don't respond because fear tells them you can never be right. You can never get it right. You can never live for God. You're just going to go through all that and go back to doing what you used to do. That's what fear tells you. Fear tells you that. But you know why fear can tell you that? Because of your sins. But somebody needs to hear this morning, uh, Jesus Christ died for your sins. And when you allow fear to tell you about your sin, you ought to tell fear, God died and shed his blood for my sins. So there's no way you can tell me I will always sin. There's no way you can tell me I got to stay in sin. Because Christ died so I wouldn't have to stay in sin sin. Christ died so I can be delivered. Christ died so I can be set free. And there is no way I will accept that I got to stay in my circumstance and I got to keep living a certain way. There is no way because God gave his life for me. No way. 
Somebody hear me this morning. Uh, giving your life to Christ means just that. Uh, it means you're saying, God, I can't live right because I don't have right in me. Uh, but I'm surrendering my life to you uh, that you may work in me. Uh, it's not you that's going to cause you to live right. Uh, it's the God in you uh, that will help you to live right. Uh, don't you put that responsibility uh, on yourself uh, that you got to live right now that you're baptized. Uh, that you got to live right now that you have the Holy Ghost. Now you got to live right. No, baby. It's God in you working with you that you may live right. But fear tells you ain't no way. But you got to say the fear is not me, but it's Jesus. Young person, middle-aged person, I'm not going to go on the mature person age because they probably know this. Can I tell you this? Let me expose the devil a little bit. Let me tell you this. If you, no matter where you're at in your situation, no matter what's going on in your life that's ungodly, that you're dealing with, I don't care what it is. I don't care how bad it is. I want you to know this. If you will have the desire and continue to pursue God. It might not look like it right now. It might not seem like it right now. But let me tell you something. God himself, the almighty one, God himself will bring you through it sooner or later. I know it seems like you can't get out of it. I know it seems like things will never get right. I know it seems like I just can't make it. I know it seems like you just want to give up because you don't see any way out. But all I want for you to do is keep on asking God is keep on seeking God and say, God, I'm in this mess. God, I'm in a bad situation. God, I'm sinning, but I don't want to. Oh, somebody help me this morning. You got to tell him, I don't want to. Even though I'm doing it, I don't want to. I think it was the Apostle Paul that wrote about that. I don't want to do it. I find myself doing it, but I don't want to do it. But God, if you can deliver me, I know I'll be free. And if you get that attitude, and if you get that mindset, that I don't want to be a sinner, I don't want to stay in this ungodly world and do ungodly things, if you will just say it. But the devil used fear. The devil used fear to make you think, what does it matter? I'll never be able to get out anyway. The devil used fear to make you think, what does it matter? It never worked for me. And so you stop asking God to get you out. Listen to me. A little bit of time I've been walking with God. One of the things I've learned is, and I might even talk about this a couple Sundays from now, what I've learned that is so, so, so important is, Sometimes the reason why God leaves you to your stuff, the reason why he leaves you to your stuff sometimes is because you don't want to get out of it. And God is so good. Let me tell you, you don't even, oh my goodness, if you can understand how good he is. And so what he does is he leaves you to your stuff, but he don't leave you to destruction. 
Now, I'm letting you know in some secret now because, you know, you got to learn this thing on your own. But I'm trying to tell you so you don't have to fear. And so you find yourself just, you're wondering, where is God? Can I tell you? God is right there watching you. But because you don't want to come out of your situation, he just leaves you right there. This is why we, we, we wonder, you want to be there. And until you don't want to be there, it never works until you don't want to be there. <laughs> you, you, you don't come out of your sin until you don't want to be there. You don't come out of your sin until you stop making excuses. When you come out of your sin, it's because you said, God, I want to get out and I want to live right and I want to be saved and I want to do what you want me to do. When you start telling God that, it might not happen that very moment, but if you start to feel that way and if you start to see God that way, then you'll find yourself out of here and God will deliver you. But you got to first say, God, I don't want to be in this no more. God, not going to waste his time. I know, I've learned some things about God. (laughs) And this is my thing that I've learned, and leaders don't understand this. I'll go as far as to say a lot of pastors don't understand. They don't want to understand this part. But one of the things I made up in my mind when the Lord called me to pastor is that I understood that the church belonged to God, and he's the head of the church, And he's all powerful and I'm just serving him. I made up in my mind when I started out that that's what I'm going to do and that's how I'm going to live. Because here is what that does. That makes me realize I am not going to try to work to convince or change anybody to do what I think they need to do. Through preaching, I will preach to you. And if that convinced you, hallelujah. But I am not going to shape it a certain way, make it come across a certain way to make you say, oh, yeah, maybe I need to change. Can I tell you this? There are people that repented of their sins and got baptized because of fear. And I don't think they're in the church. You don't stay in the church when that's how you got in the church. You can't get in the church through fear. And there's been a lot of people if you don't give your life to God, you're going to hell. Jesus is coming. He might come tomorrow. And you don't know when he's coming. You're going to give your life today. Is that all true? Yeah. But you don't know, though. And so I'm not into that fear thing. I'm not into that manipulating thing. I am into the thing in preaching God's word. And that's the thing I'm into. And you got to decide on your own because I've learned that people make moves and it stick and it work because they made the move. Not because I convinced them at some point in time. I ain't convincing you of nothing. I'm preaching the word to you and you decide what you're going to do. And I think that's something I got from learning about the Lord is what I'm trying to tell you. And so I got good preacher friends that I love dearly. They decide that they got to convince people. They decide when people are flying sideways that we got to help bring them back. And I say, 
I ain't doing nothing. Did I ever tell you all this, that most of my disagreement with all my good friends is usually because they want me to do something that I didn't do? And you probably, one day, one day you'll probably get mad at me for that. Why ain't he doing this? Why, he should have did this. I, I, did, I, I took some things from the Lord that I'm still working with that I appreciate. And one of the things I took from the Lord is, if you don't want it, I'm out of it. And a lot of people can't understand that. Listen, people tell us what we need to know, but we decide what we want to believe. People tell us what we should know, but we decide what we want to believe. So I can watch somebody's life, and they're telling me through their actions, this is what they like. You think I'm going to be some crazy idiot man talking about, we got to get them, we, we got to do something. What we got to do? You more powerful than God? I just want to know, because that's how we operate. Like we more powerful than God, that we can go do some 40-day fast, that we can go do some, some, some extra praying that, that, that's going to make us powerful enough to change them. I don't want to hear me. I told you I'm all Bible. I'm not religious. Not religious. Bible. You can't go fast enough and pray hard enough to change nobody. Because then what you're saying is you more powerful than God. Who wants to hear that? People don't want to hear that. But I'm telling you that's Bible. That's biblical. That's not religious. You can't change nobody that God can't change. Are we crazy? Do we think we can get people to do things that God couldn't get them to do? But we act like that. And so when I see stuff, it breaks my heart. And I love the people. But here's another thing I've learned, because I know the Lord. When they're going through, sometimes it's good to be there for them. But oftentimes it's best to be away. Because when you're when they're going through, you're in it, you can become the problem too. Because that's how we operate. So sometimes when people are struggling and they're dealing with stuff that, that is keeping them away from God, the best thing to do is stay far away. Maybe send them a message. Praying for you. If you need anything, let me know. That's it. That's what they get from me. I thought that was your buddy. I, I thought you was tight. I we are. But if God can't do it, I can't. I'm not going to be foolish enough to think that I got more power than God. You don't know. You know what God went through to save us? You know what God went through to make himself knowable to us? And you think me, a regular flawed human being that can't get it right all the time can get them right? That ain't happening. Preaching is declaring God's word. So ultimately, it's always God that does the changing. It's never human. So fear use all these tactics in our life to keep us where it wants us. Fear, fear, fear is there to control your life. 
And that control can either mean to keep you in sin or to keep you from God. Fear is there to keep you in sin or keep you away from God. So let me just ask this question real quiet in your ears. You don't want to say it's fear, but I'm telling you, it's fear. Fear is why you haven't totally surrendered to God. It's fear. It's nothing else. For some of us, we don't want to lose what we believe is to be our reputation. So you're fearful of losing your reputation. You're fearful of, of, of now no longer being looked at as this person because you don't know what you will be looked like when you decide to submit and surrender and live for God. You don't know what that looks like. So you're fearful because you're saying, I know what I am right now and I'm pretty special to people. I'm pretty popular. But if I decide to go over on that side, man, I'm going to lose all that popularity. I'm going to lose all of that, you know. What is that? Tell me what you think that is. Yeah, a little pride in there. But it's because you're fearful. You let fear control you. You're worried about your reputation after that. Uh-huh. If you quote-unquote get saved due to fear, you won't stay saved. Telling you that right now. Uh huh. We should live for God because of this. We should be in church because of this. The Bible says, Tony, the word of God says, we love him because he first loved us. So while everybody and everything is trying to control your behavior by fear, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Most High God, He said that if you will just love one another, He says that God so loved the world. That's what He chose. So He is doing His work by love. And fear is doing its work by keeping you fearful. (laughs) Oh, God, help us. God did not give us a spirit of fear. So let me just break this down real quick so I can get you out of here. So when the Bible says God had not given us a spirit of fear, when you look at the word spirit, it's talking about the mind. It's not talking about the spirit of God. It's saying God did not give us a mind of fear. Meaning he didn't give you a mind to be scared and timid. That's not how God designed us. That's not how God created us. He didn't give us a mind to be scared and to be timid and to be all scared about what will be. We should not be afraid of the doctor's diagnosis. Oh, I only got two on that one. We should not be afraid of what we think people can do to us. 
We should not be afraid of death. Oh, only one probably. We should not be afraid of what we hear in the news. Big area that the devil work to try to get you fearful is the news. We should not be afraid of loneliness. We should not be afraid of the end of the world. We should not be afraid of the judgment of God. God did not give us a mind to be fearful and scared and timid. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He gave us a mind of love. Uh-huh. A mind of love. Huh. As a matter of fact, the mind to love is the only way to get rid of fear. So, hear me out. I'm getting there. Because he didn't give us a mind, oh my God, to fear, to be scared, to be timid. And we've, we've allowed sin to control us and fear to keep us in our sinful ways. We need the mind of God in us in order to combat the fear. First John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear had not torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. The Bible lets us know, if you read some more, probably up some more with that or lower, that God is love. God is love. And then we read the scripture that says, perfect love cast out fear. So I can go ahead and assume and say, God who is perfect, who has attribute of love, cast out fear. Uh-huh. It's God that cast out fear. That word cast means cause fear to flee, cause fear to run. So when God or his presence is manifested in your life, fear can't stay among you. Fear can't get the best of you when God's presence is manifested in your life. Fear has to leave. Fear has to run. That's why perfect love casts out fear, because fear got to go when God is in the midst of any place and is manifested, because God is present everywhere all at once. But when God is present in your life, fear got to go. All right, you don't believe it, but I, I'll get you there. I'll get you there. So there's a scripture that says, submit Yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. Uh-huh. The devil is the puppet master, in case you, don't, you missed that. He's the puppet master. He, he's not 
making you sin. You decide on the sin, but he's pulling the strings. Uh-huh. Yeah, the devil made me do it. No, the devil is behind the deception. False evidence appearing real. So he's behind all the false evidence. Can I give you a scripture real quick just so we can get this out of the way so we can move forward? Uh, Luke chapter 9. This is off the cuff and this is, this is probably not with the stuff that I gave him. Luke chapter 9. Let's look at what Luke chapter 9 verse 1 says so you can just get a little bit more comfortable before we get out of here because you, you, you look a little uncomfortable and still worried because that fear is still messing with you. So, so let me help you. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them and over I read somebody said something the other day and I love this person so I'm not saying it to um to make this person look bad but I'm saying it because I wanted to reach out to them and tell and correct them but I just left it alone cuz I don't like to get all stuff going but they said I didn't want to publicize this because the devil mad and I ain't want the devil to do. They didn't want to say something. Church people, here's another religious thing about church people. You're afraid to publicize something. You're afraid to, to, to say something because you're saying, I don't want the devil come. Can you put this in your iPhone? Put it in something that you got, you keep information with. Keep Luke chapter 9 verse 1 with you all the time. Because for some reason, you think the devil can do something to you if you don't allow him. We can't let the devil punk us and do us all kind of ways. Like, like, like he can do whatever he wants. The Bible says Jesus gave the 12 disciples Power and authority over all devils and diseases. What, what, what are we afraid of? I would love to know what we're running from. I'm not going to say this loud because, you know, the devil, when he hear you say something loud, here he comes. That's true. But when he comes, yo, dude, do you know who I am? I'm a child of God. And I don't like what you're trying to do right now. So guess what? You got to get up on out of here right now. You, you don't have the right to be here because you are an illegal alien. Illegal. And you don't have no authority to be here. So I'll tell you what. Get out of here. We got to get that in our vein. We got to get it in our heart that God has given us power. When you become a child of God, when you become born again of the warden of the spirit, you have all authority and all power over the devil. He can't do anything to you unless you give him the right to do it. So this is why he's the puppet master trying to keep you in fear. Because as long as you are in fear, he controls you. The devil controls anyone who is in fear. That's where his power comes from. So if you ever read anywhere in the Bible that you think it's saying Satan had power, whatever that power is, is what you decided you're going to give him, which means is you're sitting back scared. And as long as you're scared, he's pulling the strings and keeping you scared. So that means he's in control of your life. 
But when you realize who you are and says, I feel some kind of uncomfortableness around here. Something just ain't right. I told you I have days when I'm home. And, and if I feel like things, because people don't even realize it. We don't even realize it sometimes in our home. If I feel like things just not comfortable in my house, if it's not calm, I just go pray. And I've watched it work all the time. And I just smile and say, man, is it like that? If it's getting crazy and it's just uncomfortable, I said, in the name of Jesus, every opposition that is in my house that's, that's here to cause uh, uh, division and, 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 and here to make us unsettled, I command you in the name of Jesus to get out of this house right now. And then I just watch how and just calm down. And I just, I just sink down in my couch too and smile. Jesus, you are so good. Because I know this scripture. In your worst day as a Christian, you got more power than the devil. Remember I told you, so I don't want you to panic and say, but, but pastor, you don't realize I, I wasn't in good standing with the Lord. In your worst day, you got power over the devil. You got power over the devil and over diseases. Don't you be fearful of the devil and what you think he can do. God wanted me to tell you today, fear not. It's time for you to rise up and march forward. For every situation, every circumstance of fear, God want me to confirm to you today that you need to move forward now. Don't you worry about it. You can't worry about what you have no control over. So when you abide in the love of God, I'm finishing up here. Here's where I'm going. When you abide in the love of God, you are submitting to God. The Bible says submit to God. Resist the devil. It didn't say resist the devil and submit to God. You follow that? Because with no power in your life, except for the power that God gives, you don't really have that authority. So in your submission to God is how you acquire the authority and the power. So now you follow here. Watch it now. So now you can see why you're fearful. Ah, <laughs> I got some learners in here. So we become fearful and we start worrying because we're not submitted to God. Because when you're submitted to God, you just sit up with your foot crossed and put it on your ottoman and just put your hand back and just know no matter what I'm good when you submit to God but when you're not submitted to God yeah you're fearful because where your power coming from how are you going to chase the devil if you're not submitted to God because even though he doesn't have power he's got so much more knowledge than you that he can twist in the puppet master I told you a puppet master He's just pulling all the strings, and you're all over the place if you're not submitted to God. And he makes you believe things are real when they're not, if you're not submitted to God. But when you're submitted to God, you don't even think about that guy. So how do you submit to God? Here's something else that you can learn today. Hope, hopefully you learned some stuff already, but here's something else that you can learn. The Ten Commandments is how you abide in the love of God. 
All right, I'll explain it to you. Did you know the Ten Commandments really and truly at the end of the day is there for one reason? That you may know what love is. We're so traditional. The Ten Commandments to us is what we like to say. Is, is to prevent us from having fun. The, the Ten Commandments is, is, is to stop us from enjoying life. The Ten Commandments gets in our way. And that's how we looked at it. But the Ten Commandments are there for you to understand what love is. Oh, man, they don't want that. First five. I'll just, first five, have no other gods before me. He's telling you how to love him. Make no graven image or likeness of him. He's telling you how to love him. Do not take his name in vain. He's telling you how to love him. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Please don't make a religion out of the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day just means rest day. And all he's saying is, on your rest day, still stay holy. Don't make a, don't make a religion out of that. Don't make a religion out of that. On your rest day. Now, we messed up. So that's a traditional thing that... We don't really pay attention to it that God is telling us we need to have a rest day. That's why some of us tired. And that's why sometimes the devil get the best of us. Because when you're tired and weary, it's easy for the devil to get the best of you. But if you will really set up your day, or set up your week with a rest day, you won't be as tired and worn out for the devil to get the best of you. Sabbath day is not a religion. God wants you to know to have a rest day. How do you know that, preacher? Because the Bible says God rests on the seventh day. Now, tell me why did God rest, if you're so bright. Why did God rest? The God that don't sleep, that's all-powerful, that's present everywhere all at once, why does he need a rest day? He doesn't. He was telling you that so you incorporate a day in your life for you to rest. And we made a whole religion out of that. Because we always got to just act like we're doing something as opposed to just trust him that he got it all taken care of. Five, honor your mother and father. When you do those things, you're loving God. First five commandments. When you do those things, you're loving God. The first one is big. Have no other God before me. The next five is loving your brother and sister, your fellow man, which you do both and you have demonstrated true love. Do not kill or murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's servant, your neighbor's animal, or any of your neighbor's possession. You do those things. You're loving your brother or your neighbor, whatever you want to call it. So the Ten Commandments is not there to make your life miserable or to stop you from enjoying life. The Ten Commandments is there to teach you about love. I just messed up some tradition. Perfect love cast out fear. God causes fear to flee. And that's the only way you're going to get rid of fear. It's by loving God. It's by doing what God says to do that require 
or will, will show forth love. That's the only way we get rid of fear. So the reason why a lot of us are walking around in fear is because we're not loving the Lord our God the way we need to. We're not abiding in the love of God the way we need to. So fear is getting the best of us. Listen to me. What is love? I told you all that Thursday night. So for all of you that wasn't here Thursday night, let me tell you what love is. Our willingness to sacrifice whatever is necessary in order to fulfill the need of the one we love. Love is our willingness to sacrifice whatever is necessary in order to fulfill the need of the one we love. That's love. So love is patience. Love is That's the description of love. But how do you love? You love by sacrificing whatever you have to. That's already a tough one. In order to fulfill the need of the one you love. That key word in there, need, not wants. Because you're going to be married and, you know, your spouse is going to want something. And if you don't give it to them, it don't mean you don't love them. That was a want. But if your spouse have a need and you don't give it to them, then you're not loving your spouse. Need, not want. And of course, we done got so twisted, we think all of our wants are needs. Come on, you know, we're twisted like that. We think all of our wants, everything we want, we think we really need it. Yesterday I had a flat. I was driving to the gym and I had a flat going to the gym. And I just drove my car right in the gym parking lot and parked it and went and worked out. I, had, I never gave one thought. Just worked out. I just said, good, I can work out a little longer now. Just worked out a little longer. And then I came back out and I looked at it. Still didn't care. I drove it over to the gas station and uh, my wife called the tow truck. And I just left the keys under the mat. I said, I don't care. I just threw the keys under the mat, get out the car, walk home. Walked home in my sweats from my workout, went home. I had a meet, and I called my boy and said, hey, you got to drive to the meeting, bro. And we just go to the, I didn't even think twice about it until finally the, the tow truck picked it up, dropped it off. They called me. We have your car, blah, 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 blah. We don't have the tire in stock, so we got to sit. So probably maybe Tuesday before we get it done. Whatever. I don't care. I'm serious. Because I just, I, I just don't have time for all of this stuff that just keeps you all bogged down. Get this stuff out of here. It's just, it's just getting in the way sometimes. And so we think a lot of things that we want, that we like, is a need. Car is no need. Phone is no need. Somebody just told me, preacher, you crazy. Phone is no need. I guarantee there's some people in this world right now without phone existing and they're fine. So don't try to tell me we need a phone. No, they, they have tricked us to th make us believe we need a phone. But there are plenty of places in this world, just all right, they don't need a phone. I know you don't understand that. I know you don't understand. Your generation is probably like, Pastor, we need phones. Are you kidding me? That's how we live. It's okay. It's okay. You get an excuse for that. Luke, we don't need a phone. 
Y'all don't know what the inside joke is on that one. But I just want to tell you, Lukey, forget them. You don't need a phone. Everyone's the while to put the phone away and said, see y'all, we don't need a phone. <laughs> but we got to know what need is and what want is. And, and there's a lot of things that we've incorporated now as need. And it's only a want. And so when we say we love, it's our willingness to sacrifice whatever is necessary. Going to go steal from somebody, that's not sacrificing. I don't know if I, I just need to throw that out. <laughs> Trying to do wrong, talking about you sticking somebody up and robbing them because your family hungry, that's not sacrificing. The key word there is sacrifice. So it's, it's you having to give something that you have. And when you go rob somebody to feed your family, you're not giving anything you have. I got to clear that, clear that out because, you know, people might say, so then preacher, it means if I go out there and do what I got to do to get some money because my family's starving, that's love, right? No, it's not. You didn't sacrifice anything. So until we sacrifice, we will never understand love. Remember the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave now, we got to get that part real clear. He gave his only begotten son. How is that sacrifice if he gave somebody else? Did you get that? So if God gave a son that he had, how can he claim he sacrificed something? If I give away something that, you know, Really not me. Just go ahead. I didn't sacrifice. Because it's just something. Now, if I give myself away, now that's a sacrifice. Because remember, in the scriptures, early in the, in the scriptures, our sacrifice was our animal that we brought. But God had a plan. And his plan was, I'm going to show you all that it's not about it's not about bulls and goats and lambs. That's not the sacrifice I want anymore. I became the sacrifice, so I want you to now become the sacrifice. So today, in this day and time, you can't say sacrifice unless you're giving of yourself. Don't tell me about nothing else. So that's why even sometimes when we give our tithes and offering, not tithes because that belongs to God, but offering, Sometimes if you don't give till it hurts, you're not sacrificing. Well, I figured I'd get quiet on that one. It's time for me to close this up. Fear not. Fear not. If you are loving God as you're supposed to love God, sin has to flee. If you're abiding in God the way you need to abide in God, Sin has to go. Last scripture. Will you stand with me? Last scripture. Psalms 118, verse number 5. Last scripture. Fear not. Fear not. Verse 5 says, I call upon the Lord in distress. Can I explain something to you? Distress meaning trouble or pain. Don't confuse 
your what you would call trouble and pain for fear. Don't you get that confused? We're always going to have trouble. We're always going to experience pain. So that doesn't mean that you're fearful. So you having pain in your body, you having a situation that you're dealing with that you feel like you can't find the answer to, that doesn't mean you have fear. It just means you have a situation. And so having a situation is not the same as being fearful. Having a situation, let's, let's, let's say it this way. Fear causes behavioral change. I can have a situation and nothing changes. Because I know who I trust in. So Having a situation, dealing with pain, I know who I trust, so I'm okay. But fear, when you're fearful, you begin to do something. You follow me? When you are fearful, you change your behavior. When you're fearful, you begin to try to work out the situation yourself. But you can have a situation... Distress, pain, and you say, I'm okay. It's challenging, but I'm okay. And so you work through it. But when you're fearful, you begin to do stuff to try to make it happen. So the Lord, go back to five. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a Large place. You know what that means? Your distress, your situation, your pain was closing in on you. You felt the pressures of it. Not the same as fear. Not the same as fear. But your situation can pressure you into, oh, this is challenging. The three Hebrew boys, they felt the challenge. They wasn't fearful. Large place. Uh huh. Because you called upon the Lord. Verse 6. The Lord is on my side. You see, you see now clearly how we end up being fearful. Because you don't feel like the Lord is on your side. Who would tell you the Lord is not on your side? You or your adversary will tell you the Lord is not on your side. Even when you are doing your worst, sinning your worst, the Lord is on your side. He didn't die for you to not have you on the Lord's side. And so the Lord is on your side, but you will fear if you don't think the Lord is on your side. 
And I'm here to tell you today, no matter how much you feel like you have not obeyed the Lord, no matter how much you feel like you have not trusted the Lord, no matter how much you have done wrong that you know in the eyes of God this is wrong, I'm here to tell you the Lord is on your side. Oh, not everybody's believing that. Because traditional church tell you, you sin and God getting ready to whoop you. Your sin and lightning going to strike from heaven and destroy you. That's what you've been conditioned to think. But I'm telling you today, no matter what you're dealing with, the Lord is on your side. The Lord is on your side. And the devil, the puppet master, have pulled the strings to make you believe because you've done wrong. The Lord is not on your side. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord is on your side. Doesn't matter what you've done wrong. Nobody in their right mind have children and just give up on them after they messed up a couple of times. You're a crazy person if you did. Your very own child, and you got a couple of few times, or more than a few times, they mess up and you want to just reject them. I told you many a times you go down to the jail, and there are people doing six life sentences. So you must, you can imagine the kind of crime they committed. Guess what? There's somebody coming down there for them. Uh huh. Six life sentences. And there's somebody coming to that jailhouse to see that person. And you're not going to understand that the Lord is on your side. Us humans who are flawed and give up on people. And the God who died for everyone, you think he's just going to give up on you? Don't work that way. And we got to get that part right. Because that's one of the ways the puppet master try to control you with fear. Is try to make you believe you messed up too much. You, you did wrong too much. You, 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 you haven't been committed to God enough. So the Lord has left you alone to your demise for you to be destroyed. And the Lord is not on your side. But I'm here to tell you today. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is on your side. And if you can receive that today, you will cast out fear. Not you, but the love of God. Because just think about that. If you let that wash over you, if you let that just consume you, that the Lord is on your side. You just automatically, you just start beginning to experience the love of God. Because you, that, it, it gives you a glimpse of the love of God. Shauna, that's a glimpse of the love of God when you realize, I don't always listen to him. I don't always do what he want me to do. I don't always worship him. Matter of fact, even sometimes when the, the body of Christ is assembled together, I don't always assemble together. And the Lord is still telling you, but I'm still on your side. That's love. That begins to cause the 
love of God to just flow in your life. You, you just begin to say, wow, God, what did I do to deserve such love? And he's saying nothing. I just love you just because. Because that's how love work. Love don't work like, okay, do something. And then I love you. That's not how love work. Love says, I'm loving you because I choose to love you. The Lord is on your side. And because he's on your side, you can receive his love today. And when you receive his love today, fear has to flee. Fear has to run away like a madman. Fear can't stay any longer because the Lord's love is now flowing in your life. I challenge you today to respond to the word of God. And then all of you that have been battling and experiencing fear will find a place today just for a couple minutes and experience the love of God. And if you can do that, you will walk out of here today with a different kind of swag. You'll leave here today with boldness and authority. And understand, God has given you power. He's on your side. I will not fear. I will not fear. For the Lord is on my side. Will you take a moment? If you want to come to the altar, you come to the altar. If you want to just step out the aisle, whatever you want to do. Why don't you express yourself to God now? Why don't you respond to his word? Because... Perfect love casts out all fear. God casts out fear. He's on your side. Allow him to saturate and permeate in your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, so many times our adversary has used fear to control us. Make us believe that, Lord, we can't make it, that we can't get out of our situation, that we can't be totally free from the sinful ways of being. And, Lord, he holds this fear over us that cripples us. He holds this fear over us that causes us to freeze up or to stay away from you or to not surrender to you. But, Lord, today we've heard your word. And Lord God, we know that you're on our side. And because you are on our side, Lord God, we don't have to worry, Lord Jesus, about what anybody can do to us. We're not worried about what man can do. We're not worried about what the devil can do. You've given us power over the devil. And you've given us power over disease and sickness. And so today, Lord God, we surrender to you. Oh, Jesus, will you help us? We surrender our life to you, Lord God. And we say, here we are today. Bow down, worshiping you, Lord God. Because we want the love of God to fill our hearts. We want the love of God to consume us. We want to abide in the love of God. That, Lord, all fear, all works of the adversary will flee will remove itself from us. God, will you have your way today? 
You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords and nothing else can stop you. Nothing, oh God, can prevent the will of God from being done in my life but me, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody call on the name of Jesus right now. Somebody ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to come into your life. The scripture says, if you will call out to him, if you will call out to him, the Lord will come and the Lord will abide with you. But you must invite him in. You must give him the authority to take control of your life. You got to let him do what he wants to do in your life. And you will experience complete freedom, complete liberty in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Fear not, for the Lord is on your side. Fear not. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is on your side. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is on your side. Fear not. Fear not. Trust Him. Submit to Him. Allow Him to reign in your life. And He will cause fear to flee. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Don't you worry. Just turn it all over to Jesus. Just turn it all over to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I can't do it. I can't handle it. But I trust that you see all things. I trust that you see it all and you can do whatever you want to do, Lord God. I will live my life to stay submitted to you. I will obey you. I will trust you. And I will obey you, oh God. And you do what you want, Lord. You do what you want, Lord. You love them more than I can ever love them, Lord God. You have done what needs to be done to save them, Lord. But Lord... All I can do at this point is trust you. I pray, Lord God, that you'll strengthen my sister. Strengthen my sister. Give her the strength that she needs, Lord God, to endure, to be steadfast, to be unmovable and unshakable. I pray that the Holy Ghost will stir and move mightily and miraculously in your heart, in your mind, that you will be steadfast, that you will be unshakable. For the power of God will keep you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, I pray for the miraculous power of God uh, to be unleashed and that by your stripe, Lord God, she will be healed. By your stripe, Almighty God, she will be made whole. By your stripe, Almighty God, she will be whole according to your will. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
ende mesi otomaha orama sekere basokoromoho irevoshi olamosa yarabaha in the name of jesus in the name of jesus by his stripe by his stripe by his stripe in the name of jesus by his stripe by his stripe receive healing receive his touch today receive his love today receive the love of god today god wants you to know he's on your side he's on your side he's on your side even when it doesn't feel like it even when it doesn't seem like it god is on your side just trust him sometimes all it takes church is for us to say god i trust you all it takes sometimes is for you to just cry out and say god i trust you why don't somebody say that to the Lord right now? Say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. I don't know how to do it, but I just know that I need to do it. And I will say it until I understand it. Lord, I trust you. I trust you to lead me. I trust you to order my steps. I trust you, Lord God, to direct my path. I trust you. I trust you. Oh, somebody hear me today. As you tell the Lord you trust him. Won't you follow his leading? Why don't you follow his direction? As you say, Lord, I trust you. Why don't you follow the leading of the Spirit? Why don't you follow him as he directs you? Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, if you will lead me, I will follow you. Lord, I need to be what I know you've called me to be. Lord, will you transform me? Will you change me? I know, Lord God, that I want to please you. And I want to be in a place where I'm righteous, a place where I'm holy, a place, almighty God, where I walk in truth. But I don't know how to get there, Lord. Will you 